The We Can Do Better podcast airs every Sunday and can be found on SoundCloud or on our social media pages, Twitter and Instagram, by following at WCDBPod, that's WCDBPod, and clicking the link in their respective bios. Reach out to us by sliding into our DMs or emailing us at, yeah, you guessed it, WCDBPod at gmail.com. Enjoy the show. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like. <laughs> podcast it's episode 13 and todd melgard is not here wow thanks for showing up todd oh wait just kidding not thanks because you're not here boom roasted we go around telling everybody this week that we're gonna have a special guest on our podcast telling all 10 of our listeners you know this is gonna be a special episode episode 13 tune in if you're listening to this podcast right now shut it off don't listen we're so sorry because this is gonna be a waste of your time because todd melgard is not here but but just kidding, like listen to our podcast. Because our podcast is going to be incredible today. Daniel? Daniel Thomas? FSU won 38 to 17 against Wake Forest yesterday. They're four and three. Just as everybody expected after their one and two start. And Cam Akers finally decided to show up. I mean, do something, right? Huh? Yeah. You know, Cam Akers was just like, sure. 98 yards, two touchdowns. Let's do it. Get it done. Wake Forest, the Demon Deacons, right? Psh, who are they? Yeah. Cam Akers doesn't care. It seems like he owns a few acres in their forest. Whoo! Uh, yeah, he was having a rough start this <laughs> this uh, beginning of the season, but you know, coming out, showing out against Wake Forest. It's homecoming game, so obviously our players show out uh, during homecoming game. Uh, it wasn't the biggest show out, but I mean, we. First, first quarter, I was a little worried because of that 10-0. We were down 10-0. And then we just, we turned everything on. DeAndre the franchise Francois. Throwing for over 350 yards, two touchdowns. And let me tell you, I think that DeAndre Francois is the most underrated quarterback in the ACC. Really? I, I think um, the fact that he plays for a 4-3 and three team that has struggled to get two four wins this year... You know, it's definitely a factor in that underratedness, creating new words left and right. But, um, yeah, Francois, I think that next week against Clemson, the Knowles have their biggest game of the year against the number two team in the nation. 12 o'clock start at Doak. Can't wait to get up for that. You know what, but, but before we go on, I just, if I don't think he's that underrated. I'm just going to, I'm going to stop you right here. Just Usually we don't disagree when it comes down to our Florida State football. But, say, I, I think Francois. Are you kidding me? Really? Really, Thomas? DeAndre okay. Francois is the best quarterback in the ACC. Um, everybody always talks about how Francois is showing out. And, like, he's really, and Thomas just uh, holding his elbow like he hurt something. But that's my job. I'm supposed to get hurt. Um, I hurt my elbow. Ooh, breaking news. Thomas Martinez with an elbow injury. Will likely be out for uh, the next week. Here okay. comes a concussion. What a series of events, ladies and gentlemen. 
<laughs> okay, <laughs> going back, going back to DeAndre Francois, really quick. Um, everybody always praises him and how he's doing really well and how he's a good pro style quarterback. Threw he threw for uh, two touchdowns, so that's gonna have him at thirteen touchdowns, zero interceptions. Um, he had six interceptions. What are you saying? I mean, in the game. Oh. Yeah. Okay. He threw for two touchdowns, zero interceptions, adding to thirteen touchdowns for his season. Um, right now he has over fifteen hundred yards in a four and three, you know, seven seven game stretch. It's uh, he's looking pretty good. I mean, I think we um, as a fan base, we look at uh, you know, the Florida State Seminoles and we're like, hey, uh, having a four and three record right now is uh, pretty underwhelming, and that's not a good season for us. But DeAndre Francois has been looking good despite all of the struggles that we've had to face. I love how a ninety-eight yard um appearance, a ninety-eight yard game for Cam Akers is considered his breakout game too. Honestly, I mean, the guy he broke out a 58 yard run and other than that he put out 40 yards on i don't know how many carries he didn't have that many carries but when that's your breakout game i guess that says a lot about your team too um i had the privilege to have covered yesterday's game got that press pass and everything hanging up on our on our wall here in room 306 in jenny murphy i love how i just continue to give out where we live yeah um but yeah it was a very interesting experience covering that game, um, getting to talk to Cam, DeAndre, and my boy Willie. After the game, he was definitely not willy-nilly about the way that his team played. Oh, yeah. Willie Tiger. I mean, I was I was talking to Daniel about this yesterday. Um, Willie Tiger is just the most cool and collected coach there is. I mean, he's just, after a game, he's just a casual guy, you know? Sure, yeah. he'll hit you with the classic football, um, you know, analogies that, you know, as a sports journalist don't really help when you're trying to write an article and you know he's just telling you about how tough a guy somebody is and how you know he's just somebody you know he's the first one in last one out you know that type of stuff but Willie Tiger I think he has FSU on the right track despite my criticism of Cam Akers' performance just seeing that team after the game seeing the players you know holding themselves accountable for their performances you know um, in those post-game conferences seeing the way that they were reacting on the sidelines during the game um it was pretty cool to you know have that access to be on the sideline during the game but um yeah I, I think that they're a team that's trending upwards and it's kind of impossible to install such a foreign offense such as the gulf coast offense right into a traditional team like florida state into a pro style yeah team that's always had a pro style offense so you know you got to give it some time it's kind of impossible when you have so much talent if you put a disciplined football team on the field, I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but absolutely, but continue. You know, you're going to be <laughs> successful with the talent that you have, but um, and I think we have a pretty talented team. I mean, yeah, we have all the talent in the world, exactly. But yeah, it was an interesting day. It was an interesting day being up there in the press box. I got to cover the game with my cousin Alfie, um, who's the editor in chief of the FSU. Check out my article on fsunews.com. All right, that's it for my self-promotion um follow me at no i'm kidding um so yeah this day started pretty interestingly um alfie and i went to swanee we went to swanee dining hall yeah as i just rolled out of bed i i see uh, uh thomas open the door and uh thomas's cousin just walks in the door into our room and i'm, and I'm like oh no this morning is, alfie yeah this is what happened i i got out of bed and i know that my cousin does this sometimes um, he'll just like tell me out of nowhere that he's on his way to come meet me and like I have to get ready I'd gone I'd gone up at 1105 and I text him I text him hey when you're on your when are you on your way 20 minutes later hey can you let me know in advance 
I get a call two minutes later. Hey, I'm on my way. Be ready in ten minutes. Surprise! Gotta keep you on your on your toes, on my heels. But yeah, he gets here. <laughs> he gets here ten minutes later, and I'm like, dude, like I can't leave right now. I have to have breakfast. So, like I said, we go to Swanee. We get there. There's a long line. Alfie decides to get some milk, some chocolate, chocolate milk. milk. Classic Swanee. It's spoiled milk. It's spoiled milk, and Alfie, you know, he's disgusted. And and then of course. Being the person I am, I don't decide to say anything about it. I go, wait, watch this. <laughs> we wait to see the next person who grabs the chocolate milk. This this poor kid, he gets the chocolate milk. Um, what is this podcast? He gets the chocolate milk. He starts walking to the other side of the hall. He stops, takes a gulp. He looks at the milk. Utter disgust. You know what he does next? What? He keeps on walking. Like a G. And you know who else kept on walking? Who? The Florida State Sentinels against Wake Forest. Amen. That's why I included that Dan there. You know, everything has a reason in this podcast. Everything comes full circle here on the We Can Do Better podcast. How's your life? Has there been any, has there been any spoiled milk in your life recently? Uh, no, but there has been a lot of chicken nuggets uh, yesterday <laughs> as <laughs> you and Alfie left for the game. Uh, I had a lot of studying to do, a lot, a lot of studying to do. As you know, Thomas gave me a concussion, and because of that, I missed a week of school, and basically this week coming back, I've had a lot of catch-up to do. So I didn't go to the game, but I... Uh, Watched on TV, I kept in touch with everything, and after breakfast, I was studying, and then I went to the classic, you know, Chick-fil-A, and, um, you know, decided, hey, you know, I haven't really gotten their chicken nuggets, let me try some chicken nuggets. I love Chick-fil-A, they always have a line in the middle of the week, and now they don't have a line, you know, Especially on, the on a Saturday, right, right, right. So, uh, I got, uh, some, some uh, Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets, studied, watched some, uh, How was some the game day experience, and, you know, in the dorm? It was fantastic. Thank you for for asking, Thomas. Um, and basically, even though I'm sitting here... You gotta here, love this HGTV, too. Dude, Thomas! Thomas, Thomas! It's my turn! Thank, thank you! Okay. Okay. So, uh, yeah. That was yesterday. Um, but basically, throughout this entire... Thanks for leaving. Uh, yep, here, that's... a. Uh, that's Thomas, um, I guess checking if we had any mail in front of our door. I guess we don't. Do we have any mail in front of our door? No. No? Okay. I just okay. wanted to <sighs> Continue. Thank you. Um, so, <laughs> what was I? We're just gonna go, you know, let's take it, let's take my week from the top. Um, basically I had a doctor, if, if you guys know I always get injured 24-7, and uh, we were actually, Thomas and I were going to the gym one day and uh, we were going down the stairs and we were walking through um, Coffin Hall and we were about to go to the gym and I say, whoa, Thomas, wait. And I pull my hip uh, flexor and I go back home. The next day I go to the doctor's office and I think they're gonna tell me some tragic news. Like I have a, you know, shin splints and I probably, you know, tweaked my ankle. Actually, I get the best news ever. Um, I don't have arthritis in my knee. And that has to be the best news I've heard um, in a long, long, long time. It's pretty hard to top that. It's pretty hard to top that, saying I don't have osteoarthritis in my knee. And so in celebration of that, Thomas and I actually plan to play tennis this week. Um, For the first time in probably two months. Two months, yeah, more than two months, I think, probably. Two or three months. Two or three months, yeah. Um, We got another interesting experience experience. coming up this week. I do. The club down under... If you guys are a Florida State Wait, can Seminoles. you tell them? Is it so secret? I don't know. It's not a secret. No. Um, 
Club Down Under uh, that I am a volunteer for is bringing in Anthony Fantano. The, the internet's busiest the, music nerd. Exactly. And as a hospitality a volunteer, I get to set up his green room, buy his groceries. Uh, I guess I get to meet him. And I, I could stay for the show. And I guess that's that's a pretty cool thing you get to do with this club. You know, bringing in all of these... Um, you know, performers and artists, lectures, authors. You get to meet all these people who, you know, go through life doing what they love to do, making money off of it, but uh, also bringing joy to other people with their experiences. Um, and then after that, I get to just take a bunch of tests. I get tests to take. I got yeah. papers to write, a research paper. I got a math test, got a nutrition test. And after my nutrition test, I got another nutrition test. It's a Two rough life. Two test. nutrition tests. This week. Uh, well, I got to study for one, and then I got to study for the other one that I missed because I had a concussion. So, you really like using that? I I love using that. That's what I've been using. Uh, there's no comeback to that. Like, there there's not. Thomas pisses me off, and then like Thomas, you gave me a concussion. That's he he's done. He I I get the W right there. You know who didn't, didn't get the get, W today? Who? The Miami Dolphins. Oh, the greatest football team. Not really. Not yeah. Not today. Not today. Four and three. They lose 21-32 to 32 against the Detroit Lions. But Brocktober still continues. That's the most important thing, I think. Brock Osweiler threw for over 200 yards, two touchdowns, and threw a dime. He threw a dime to Danny Amendola late in the fourth quarter when the Dolphins were down by two possessions. Yeah, absolutely. Splitting the defenders, threading the needle. You know, talk about putting a needle in a haystack. You know, finding a needle in a haystack in Danny Amendola. Brock Osweiler was Brock terrific. I was trying to find a pun that I couldn't find it. You know, sometimes I can find it, sometimes I can't. It's like a needle in a haystack. But you know what I can find? <laughs> the Miami Dolphins' is next starter. And you know who I think it is? It's Brock Osweiler. I think he should remain the starter when Ryan Tannehill gets back. Really? Yeah. I, I don't... i like to see Tannehill get back. Um, I know Brock can sling it, but... I mean, I think every, after defenses, they're going to look at Brock and what he can do. They're going to be like, oh, that's how we can stop this guy. And then Brock's going to look like the Brock that you had in Denver and all the other places. Well, I, li- I like the Brock that we had in Denver. The Brock that we had in Denver under Adam Gase when he was a quarterback coach um, during that era was a pretty good Brock Osweiler. It was a Brock Osweiler who many would say was deserving of that very large contract that he received from the Houston Texans. I believe it's something around $77 million. I don't know if that's right. But, um, yeah, when your head coach is Bill O'Brien in Houston, you're not going to be a great quarterback unless you have the talent of somebody like Deshaun Watson. But in the right system, with the right coach, and the right receivers, you know, I've been talking a lot about how the Dolphins have so many fast receivers, how they emphasize speed over, you know, just pure talent, I guess. Right. I see that when you traded Jarvis and stuff. Continue. Yeah. Yeah, you could. Yeah. You talk about interrupting me. About me interrupting you. How does it feel? It doesn't feel good, Daniel. Exactly. Okay, continue. Miami Dolphins. (laughs) (laughs) Miami Dolphins. Um, Wow, that was... Brock Osweiler should be the starter. I think that um, when it comes down to it, late in games, I like having a gunslinger as a quarterback. I prefer that to a overly conservative quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. 
I, you know, I'm done ripping Ryan Tannehill. I, I, I'm exhausted after all these years. You know who else must feel exhausted, though? Who? Kenny Stills and Albert Wilson. You know why? Why? Because they both got injured, injured during, during the game. Yeah. You know who else got injured during the game? Who? The security guard for the Miami Dolphins end zone. <laughs> Guys, if you folks haven't seen it, Kenny Stills caught a great, I mean, a beautiful touchdown pass to the corner of the end zone. From who? From, uh, you know, Brock Osweiler. And Brocktober, baby. It's Brocktober. It's Brocktober. And as he caught it, you know, these players are running so fast, you know, it takes a while for them to slow down and collect themselves. And the, my, the way the Miami Dolphins, you know, stadium is set up, the walls are so close to the end zone. So the security guards are right there. And when you have a player like Kenny Stills who accelerates and runs so fast as he does coming at you. It's not a good combination. You, you want to look out for that. And it's too bad for the security lady because... Her back was turned to the end zone the entire time, and she got slammed. Humbled. Uh, Kenny Stills, you could see it. He just felt awful. Yeah, he did not care that he scored a touchdown. He, he was just like, this poor lady is going to be in so much pain. He gave her the game, the the, touch, the ball that he caught for a touchdown. and uh, Kind of consolation prize. Exactly. And then after that, he walked over to the medical tent and got checked out. Um, yeah, it was... I think that's pretty representative of the Miami Dolphins fans. Absolutely. You know, they tried to play well, but even at their best, you know, there there were still so negative many. moments happening. I think uh, I think it's going to take a while for this team to, to really pull it together. Are, are, you know, I think it's just discipline for the defense. We had that uh, penalty on um, in the, that, that fourth quarter when we needed to come back. And wasn't it – what was the play? It was uh, – a third down or yeah, something. Yeah, there's pass interference. The Dolphins just let the Lions um, chew up the clock and set up a Matt Prater field goal attempt. I mean, you can't give Matt Prater a field goal attempt with under five minutes left in the fourth quarter. He's going to drill it. You know he's going to drill it. Uh, Matty Ice. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah, their next test, Thursday Night Football, the Dolphins is um, their only primetime game of the season against the Texans. We already talked about the Texans. We already talked about... Their head coach and Bill O'Brien. What do you think about their chances in that game? I think that they have a. I think that they have a very good chance, um, a better chance that most people would give them in that game, just given the fact that they're an inconsistent team. Yeah, I think uh, you know the Miami Dolphins. We saw them in the in the beginning of the season, and we were kind of going crazy over them. Um, but after I think after we lost to the Patriots, uh, it kind of brought them back down to earth. I would say. Um, going against the Texans, I feel like they're a shoddy team, the Texans. Uh, their offense is a hit or miss. Uh, Deion, um, Watson can sling it if he if he's on the, you know, if the wind blows in the, the right direction with him. Um, or he can be throwing picks and, you know, have terrible yardage. Um, the defense, Houston has, you know, a pretty solid defensive line. Uh, it's all, it's going to be up to whether the Miami Dolphins uh, wide receivers can get open and you know whether or not our run game, which has been pretty good, um, can keep up and you know give us a balanced offense. Uh, if we have a balanced offense, I'm pretty sure we can put up some points against the Texans, get that win I on think, Thursday night. I think it depends on injuries. I think it depends on if you're going to have a healthy Albert Wilson, if Devontae Parker is still on the team because the Dolphins are shopping him to other teams, if Kenny Stills is going to be on the field. I think that there are a lot of factors into deciding you know how the Dolphins are going to win in Houston. Like you said with Deshaun Watson. You know, one one day he could be Jameis Winston throwing picks everywhere. The other day he could be Tom Brady. Yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, so it just depends on how you neutralize his talent. Um, 
his talent was semi-neutralized today. Um, he was playing with a bruised rib. Um, no, he was playing with a bruised lung, actually. And I think Really? That, yeah, he hit something with his lung and his rib. But bottom line, he had to take a 12-hour bus ride from Houston to Jacksonville for today's Texans-Jaguars game because the Texans didn't believe he could get on a plane. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, not a good situation for Deshaun Watson. He finished the game 12 for 24, 100-something yards. In terms of, um, you know, in terms of how it impacted my fantasy team, though, right, didn't have that much of an impact. Do you know why that is? Why is that? Because I started Mitchell Trubisky. Absolutely. The man has been on a rampage for the Chicago Bears. I mean, you look at the Chicago Bears team last year with Mitchell Trubisky, and it was everybody was kind of at a loss. Mitchell really didn't know exactly what he was doing yet. Uh, Chicago didn't really have any you know, wide receivers. Jordan Howard was really the, the main workhorse for that team. And this year coming in, you know, you got Taylor Gabriel. You're bringing in Allen Robinson. Tariq Cohen is, you know, emerging from this backfield looking fantastic. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky looking like a completely different quarterback, in my opinion, from last year. You know what else he's looking like? What? A mobile quarterback. Absolutely. Mitchell Trubisky has wheels. Did you see Patriots game, right? Chicago's playing the Patriots. They're in the red zone. I saw it. You saw it. We were, we, yeah. I bet you did. Uh, we together. We watched it. We, we did. Yeah. The TV was red on. zone. Yeah. The red zone. Um, uh, Mitchell Trubisky probably scrambled, um, behind the line of scrimmage for about 60, 70 yards until he. And that doesn't mean necessarily sixty yards. Like exactly. Can, yeah. No. It's not like in Madden when you just want to mess around and you just run sixty yards backwards. Yeah. No. 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 He was running like side to side. Looking he was for eluding tacklers, right? Yeah. And until he rolls to his left and he just has three guards in front of him. Shuffles in for a nice uh, touchdown, you know? Uh, besides that, slinging the ball. I mean, he is a gunslinger when you talk about gunslingers. Up until when the clock hit zero seconds, too, because the Bears, they lost 31-38. to 38, But they lost, really, by one yard. Um, I'll tell you, the Bears, they gave up a, a pump block for a touchdown late in the game that ended up being the deciding factor. The Bears get the ball back with, like, 20-something seconds left. Um, zero timeouts. And they set up a Hail Mary attempt. Mitchell Trubisky throws it deep down the field. And now I don't remember who the wide receiver was. It was uh, Kevin White. Kevin White. Um, yeah, big athletic wide receiver out of Louisville, I believe. I think it was Virginia Tech? Or Virginia. I don't know. Well, that's, well you know, that's just disappointing. West Virginia. You know, I felt so confident when I said that, too. Anyway, Mitchell Trubisky throws it down the field to Kevin White. And as the commentators were saying... Um, if Trubisky didn't feel pressure from the New England defense, from a New England defensive lineman who hit him as he threw the ball, he might have been able to throw it that extra yard. Kevin and I, White was stopped at the one-yard line by Patriots defenders. And, I mean, we were we were hearing the commentators saying, uh, you know, does Mitchell Trubisky have an arm enough to get it to the end zone? And, mind you, this is like a 50-yard, 60-yard pass. He can sling it. And it was a dime. I mean, you want to talk about dare I say, Aaron Rodgers-esque, rolling out and, and just How like dare firing, you? firing a, a football down the field. I mean, if Kevin White literally stuck out his arm, which, you know, it's hard to do when you're trying to catch a 50-yard ball while being covered and turning around to get into the end zone, they would have won. They would have tied the game at least. Um, had a chance to win with a two-point conversion, but... Mitchell Trubisky is a bad man. He's a bad man. He's going to be in this NFL for a while. Bad man. You know who else is a bad man? Who? Saquon Barkley. My guy. The New York, say it for me. Football. 
Giants take on the Atlanta Falcons tomorrow night on Monday Night Football. How do your one and five Giants do it? It's getting worse every week. It's getting worse every week. The only worry I had coming into this season, just to kickstart what what I'm going to talk about, winning games. Well, one winning games. (laughs) (laughs) Also, uh, you know, sealing Odell for uh, an an extension, um, a contract extension. And now that we have him there, um, to be honest with you, in my take, if I was the New York Giants, I wouldn't care so much. I can understand Odell's frustration and how people are getting mad at him you know, for yelling on the sidelines. And uh, I think it's good that he's yelling. Obviously, he's a diva. But, um, you know, either way, he cares. And, uh, you know, that's that's what matters when you're yelling and you're, you're showing passion. If you win this game, if you lose this game, it doesn't really matter, to, uh, to be honest with you. Even though in their division, every team is so bad, especially with the Eagles taking a final second loss to the... They're average to bad every team. To the Carolina. Exactly. They're average to bad every team in that division. So if the Giants went out the season, they could probably go to the playoffs and Eli Manning in the playoffs. I mean, even though he has been playing poorly this, All right, this year. That, that is ridiculous. I don't know how you could talk about it. I mean, I know that you're a homer because you're a New York Giants and you're a football Giants fan. But when, you're, when you talk about a team that went 3-13 and 13 last year, you shouldn't be talking about if they win out the next year. But you never don't know. Don't you think it's a little delusional? If I'm just saying... Eli Manning's 37. I know. He's I know. had his best days. But... Eli Manning in the playoffs. He's not Eli Football Manning anymore. <laughs> He's just Elisha Manning now. Elijah Manning. Okay. Do I see the Giants winning against the Falcons? Uh, no. But it's and it's not because of the offense. I think it's because of the defense. We gotta stop Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu, Matt Ryan, Austin Hooper. Come on, like that's a that's a lineup if you're asking me something. And um You know you know who else is a Hooper? Who? Saquon Barkley? No. You stepped on it. You stepped on it. You know, I was getting hyped. Well, I was waiting for you to say something. Okay. James Harden. Oh. James Harden is a hooper. <laughs> the Lakers and the Rockets played last night um, in what I find to be the most compelling game of the NBA season thus far. Um, the Lakers are now 0-2, but nobody cares about what happened on the basketball court. Everybody was talking about the fight between Chris Paul and Rajon Rondo. That was insane. Let's take you through a step-by-step right quick. James Harden pushing it up the, the court. Has a nice little uh, you know push against uh, Brandon Ingram. And he gets called for a uh, uh, foul. James Harden says, count the basket. Brandon Ingram is upset, pushes James Harden. And all of a sudden, here we go. Everything starts... Spilling out all over the court. Pandemonium. Pandemonium. Chris Paul and Rajon Rondo get into it. Apparently, Rajon Rondo spit in Chris Paul's face, and Chris Paul then punches Rajon Rondo. You know who liked that? Who liked that? Floyd Mayweather. Absolutely. Floyd Mayweather and was sitting courtside. He was rubbing fight. his hands together like, ooh, who am I going to fight next? Yeah, because he... What non-boxer am I going to take on? He never, he never fights boxers anymore because he's 41 years old, and he's a businessman. Exactly. Not, or he's not a businessman. He's a, a businessman. Business um, so go and handle your business, Dan. Wise words by Thomas Martinez. Uh, yeah, it was absolutely insane. And as Brandon Ingram is getting ejected, he runs over and punches, throws a punch into this already large crowd. Uh, people are getting separated. LeBron Not James. Not the crowd. The, like, the, the, crowd, the crowd of, of players. players on the court. And uh, LeBron James is pulling Chris Paul away. Carmelo Anthony's taking Brandon Ingram to another side of the court. 
it's just insane. It was Technicals a, everywhere. It was weird to see like somebody who grew up watching this NBA. This just not something I I don't think. Have you ever seen a fight like that in the NBA? I don't think I. I never, and especially in today's NBA where people are saying it's too soft. That was, that was a lot. <laughs> you know who else liked it? <laughs> who? Travis Scott. Oh yeah. <laughs> you were sitting, you sitting courtside. It it looked like that um classic meme of him with his arms extended during a concert with the fire behind him. <laughs> yeah, Travis Scott. He looked like he wanted in on the action. He was a Houston Rockets fan. Um, yeah, but LeBron, you know, LeBron being LeBron, being the dignitary that he is, you know, broke it up. He was a big man. Nobody would ever go after LeBron, but, um, I mean, look yeah. at him. I mean, it's LeBron James. He's 6'8". You know, he used to be, you know, upwards of 290 pounds <sighs> as he was the Heat. Okay. Um, yeah, anyway, talking about LeBron on the Heat. We're done with LeBron Lakers. They're 0-2. They suck. They're not making the playoffs. They're not doing anything. You know, they're going to be in the lottery. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but the Miami Heat, the Miami Heat are 1-2 and two now. They've lost two points by one. Or they, what am I saying? They've lost two points. They haven't lost two points. They've lost two games by one point. They lost to the Hornets by one point last night. 113-112. But I will say, I will say, that they overcame a 26-point deficit. At one point in the game, they were down by 26 points. They lost, though, because Kemba Walker, you know, he was this year's version of Kemba Walker, I guess. He scored 39 points. Bad man. Um, yeah, it's been an interesting display by this team so far. I don't know what to make about this team so far. I mean, I kind of do. Like, they're going to be between the 3 and 7 range. No, what am I saying? The 4 and 8 range, probably, in the Eastern Conference playoffs. I'm, I don't know. I'm puzzled by Rodney Magruder and Derek Jones Jr. Both of them have been starting and playing big minutes this year, and I don't understand why. You know, um, you, neither do I. But at this point, you look at this Miami Heat team, like, who who do we have? What assets do we have? Are we? Why are we in the playoffs? Um, I mean, I don't think we should do what the 76ers did and tank. Obviously not. You never want to see a team tank, especially a team like Miami. Um, who came from such glory with Dwayne Wade and LeBron James, Chris Bosh, that big three, and even beforehand. But, you know, who do we have? Mario Chalmers. Mario Chalmers. Udonis Haslam. Um, But who do we have? We we have Goran Dragic. We have, you know, Justice Winslow. I will say, I will say, I will say that Eric Spolcher, you got to give him credit for changing things up because, you know, as people say, you know, you're crazy if you don't change something that's not working. Exactly. But... Magruder is averaging 15.7 points per game, but he also played 42 minutes against the Hornets. Uh, I don't know if that's... Uh, that ain't it. That ain't it, Chief. So. Um, also, Derek Jones Jr. put up 11 against... Or he's averaging 11.3 per game. He's just a glorified dunk contest participant. That's what he is. Um, you look at... I mean, he's uber... He's an uber athlete. He can jump out of the roof, out of, this, out of the arena, but... He's an uber athlete because he could get that lift. Oh yeah, <laughs> but can he get those buckets? I don't know. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Basically, uh, and what do you what do you find of Tyler Johnson after we were paying this man so much money? Um, I'm done with Tyler Johnson. I really am. Um, Tyler Johnson, as Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank would say, is dead to me. Oh, he's dead to me. He can't score as many points as he has teeth. That's uh, that ain't a lot of teeth. 
Yeah. <laughs> he, 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 he seems to lose more teeth per game than he scores points. And when you give him a $50 million contract, when you match a $50 million contract with the Brooklyn Nets, what are you showing as an organization? This is just a confusing organization. This is not the Pat Riley that we once knew and loved. I mean, he's just backing out of the Jimmy Butler talks. He's telling the team, you know, he's sorry. He's sorry for inciting all the controversy that surrounded their names being involved in trade talks. That's not the Pat Riley in the Miami Heat that I once knew and loved, Daniel. I don't know. I, I think that they I think that they can do better. Um, they're you know they're entering a transition year. Dwayne Wade's last year. After this, you know they're gonna have to do better. And uh, we can do better. We can do better. As uh, as the Miami Heat continue with this venture, uh, and who knows, you know who they'll pick in the draft. You know how they'll move on. What will happen after Dwayne Wade retires this year? We'll see. Find out on the 14th episode of the We Can Do Better podcast. Good night.